Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinions. Today is December 21st, 2023, and this is episode 381. My name is Jake English. And I'm Scott Agnes. And on this week's holiday special, we'll learn the true meaning of the holidays. And this unique experience will give us a new lease on Orioles baseball. And we'll do all that right after we lubricate the show. That's right. It's time for the drink of the week. Scott Magnus, what is your drink? Uh, Jake, I am doing a Reindeer Reserve. It is a winter ale from Falling Branch Brewery. And? It's not bad. Okay. I've got something else for you in the near future, but we've got to come back from the holidays. We need to start a, sign a starting pitcher, and then I'll, I'll break out something that is more accustomed to you, is the best way to put it. Fair, fair, fair. I am working my way through homemade grapefruit crushes. Uh, oh boy, what a beer. That's it's yummy. So uh, what kind of liquor is in there? It's vodka. Vodka. It's triple sec. Okay. No marshmallow vodka? No. Just no. standard old vodka. Just the regular. Actually, the Smirnoff. I I love um actually I think it's pinnacle mm, in there, right? Yeah. I love grapefruit. I love everything grapefruit. But if uh, grapefruit is a little too bitter for you, one thing that you can do is you can take a mandarin orange or like a, a little clementine mm-hmm. and crush that. And that will just zap the the sour right out of the drink. All right. I feel more educated, uh, more so than not. So if you want to find out what we're drinking on a daily, weekly, hourly basis, check us out on Untapped. I'm at MEGN8606. I'm at JakeE4025. And with that, it's this week on the socials and, well, however characters we get in all these platforms going forward. <laughs> I'd like to start us on Blue Sky, if I can. And I'd like to come to a tweet that's a little old. It's it's an older co- uh, code, sir, but I was going to let them through. This is from Mike Petrelio, uh, friend of the program, former guest. Former guest. Uh, who says, extremely curious to know if everyone complaining about the big market team spending money on Otani would have also felt this way if it were the Blue Jays. And look, that's an interesting point, and I'm all fine with that, but it led me to this thought. Mm-hmm. What would have been the funniest place that Shohei Otani could have ended up? Like... Like my personal thought was like, how hilarious would it be if like the the Royals mm. were the ones to win the Shohei Otani uh, lottery? What what would have amused you the most? Uh, the Las Vegas Otanis. <laughs> okay, I deserve that. I deserve every bit of that. Yeah. So Shohei Otani is going to play for the Dodgers at least for a while. Uh, it's a big. Well, it's 10 years. There's no opt-out, right? Oh, no, I think there is. There's no opt-out. No, there is an opt-out. Uh, there's no opt-out. There absolutely is. There's no opt-out. We're going to we're going to we're going to fact check this. There's an opt-out if 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 uh, you know, the ownership group changes or the general yes. general manager changes or his translator is fired um and, and stuff like that. Um but there is no opt-out truly in uh the the declaration. Um so it's not like the Machado contract for example mm-hmm. when you know, he's looking and saying, well, I can opt out after five years and come back and, you know, bid up again. This is set in stone um, for, you know, the next 20 years, as it were. And here's the crazy thing. He's only going to make $2 million for the next 10 years, and then he's going to get all of the rest backloaded onto the end of that that contract. Yeah. Well, like I said, it kind of puts Bobby Bonilla and Chris Davis in, in comparison, just a completely different world. I so mean, $700 million is 
baffling. Yeah, well, and, and again, it's really going to be somewhere in the ballpark of like $460 million. As we've talked with the Davis contract in the past, the Davis contract came out to be somewhere around $131 million after tax-deferred money and no interest on that deferred payment, including with the Otani standpoint. Um, so again, I think if you looked at it originally at $10,700 million, you're like, holy cow, that is insane. Um, and you look at it for 10 years from 460, and you're like, that's still insane, but it's less insane to me. Um, I think that's a pretty, you know, fair value for Otani, all things considering. But it just shows you, you know, the flexibility that he has in terms of the, his endorsement deals and the in the gener- revenue generation that he's getting, um, you know, on the side. Look, I, I think that he would be a boon to baseball. He's a he's already and, a boon to baseball and an entertainment value if he was just the bat boy. Yeah. So so let's just put that aside. But if he can't pitch regularly moving forward, yeah, what does that do to the contract? Um, it's not great. Because I get in, I think you're going to basically see him as maybe a four, five, four player. Um, so he's got a pitch to basically make him, you know, be a four hundred and sixty million dollar player. Um, but I don't think it's terrible. I think I think you know, if any you know club or organization, you know, coming back to your question, can uh, suck up the money, as it were, it's the Dodgers organization, um, and I think they're in good shape. The only thing that I can think of is, man, if Shohei Otani is getting seven hundred million dollars what is it going to take for the orioles to be able to re-sign ryan mckenna um probably one million dollars probably one million dollars but we'll, we'll see what happens with that um it'll be an interesting standpoint um let's go to our next blue sky post and it comes from rock Baco. Um, you can follow him at Mass and Rock. Um, amazing that was still being held for Blue Sky. Uh, just woke up from a wicked hangover. What is all this fuss? Did the Orioles sign a lease or something? Did they ever? Did they ever? So the Orioles signed a lease. I mean, everybody's talked about it ad nauseum, so I, I don't feel like we really need to go through a ton of it. But well, I, what I find interesting is that I was talking to somebody, and maybe I said this online, I don't remember. I feel like the Orioles were in a no-win scenario after a while, where it was like, whenever it did get signed, it wouldn't be something that would be, like, celebratable. It would be like a, well, it took long enough. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I felt that I did, like, have a bad taste in my mouth by the time that it was signed to just say, like, well, of course. Like, it's it's it was almost too little too late. I, I think all parties came out of this situation of, like, I'm glad it's over, but you could hear almost in that meeting or the press conference that was, you know, done, it was almost like a reluctant clapping, like, thank gosh it's over, rather yeah. than an actual celebration. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think this looked good for the Orioles or the Angelos family. Uh, Governor Wes Moore did not look good through this whole process. Um, just very odd is the best way to put it. I, I agree. I agree. I think everyone knows our Senate president now, which is maybe a positive um also he's i think one or two years younger than you are jake so you got some some catching up to do yeah uh, yeah yeah the senate president of maryland is about my age and the orioles gm is about my age i i'm a failure i'm an abject failure in life yeah well like i said at least you're doing something with your life and you know managing you know youth sports let's leave this and head over to threads I want to point out a thread post that came out from Banner Sports talking about here are some upgrades that could be coming to Camden Yard soon. And it's a video. And rather than them play the video, I'm just going to summarize what it said. Um, the Orioles got their lease. And part of that is that they get to spend the $600 million, however they want. 
Um, and here's the, the kinds of things they're talking about. Mm-hmm. They want to remove uh, a bunch of seats out in left field, basically the left field upper reserve seats. Yeah. To make room for social spaces, kids zones, and a bar and restaurant. This has been talked about forever. I mean, this is nothing new. The team's been wanting to do this forever. Again, they just never had the liquidity to do so. It also makes me think, though, that maybe they've been holding out on selling tickets up there to make us used to them not being available. Possible. Um, They want to remove seats below the scoreboard, which that means the bleacher seats, Uh to extend the flag court. And to put in a, a bar and hospitality area. So this makes a lot of sense to me. Um, if you're going to extend the flag court, then obviously you have to raise another wall in center field and right field. Uh, <laughs> so we're in essence just going to put 40 feet walls around the entire stadium and say, good luck cutting out, Judge. Scott, walls work. What what can I tell you? Uh, they want to put a... It is going to be a creative park, is the best way to put it. <laughs> They want to put a field level restaurant, which sounds like they wanted that like behind home plate based on based on where they panned in the yeah, video. And um, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I, I I think this is exactly like you said, which is, you know, taking away some of those, you know, first 10 rows behind home plate and turning it into a sitting area. Um, I don't get that, honestly. Like, that that one I don't I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to have to be sold on that. Yeah. They want to make uh upgrades to the locker room which I get. Completely on board, completely get it. I'm not saying that the locker rooms are a travesty, but they are obviously extremely dated. I mean they're pushing, you know, 20 plus years old cuz they were upgraded before. Um mm-hmm. but again, they they need to be updated. Um there's no doubt about it. And then this near and dear to our hearts, better video boards and sound system yeah this is a a must do first thing out of the gate this has to be done uh, i'm surprised she didn't call out the two other ones that they've been discussing too number one was it sounds like the press box is going to get moved really yeah where are they going to put that well they haven't announced it yet but it sounds like what they're going to do is they're going to turn the press box into an area that it can host season ticket holders um and you can kind of just go there have like a clubhouse feel and stuff like that. I thought they it. were going to put that in like the club section. And then the one that I thought she'd be focused on that, you know, I thought would get you all hot and bothered because well, you're Jake, it's me because you're Jake English. Uh, there's discussions about potentially taking out seats in the upper deck behind home plate. Um, and in essence, putting a bar area up there um, so that people can in essence have a view from the upper deck right behind home plate and, you know, have a bar up there as well. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the Orioles think they're doing from a revenue standpoint. And it's in, what what is what fascinates me is that um, it's clear that the way this team has operated for the last 20 years, they don't care about seats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't care about butts and seats. Yep. Um, but if you have all these bars and everything like that, you have to staff them. And so you you have and the to, Orioles have always done a really good job staffing their stadium. Right, they have to they have to make enough money, they have to to bring in enough people so that they can staff these things. I don't know. I, I wonder what the what I wonder what the they know the numbers better than we do. So I'm I'm sure it'll be fine. And the other thing I will say is that recently, ever since 2009 or whenever they started giving the the park a facelift. They've done a pretty tasteful job. They've done a, a tasteful job. But again, I wouldn't say they made anything a dramatic change. These are dramatic changes. Mm-hmm. And I, I do get slightly concerned 
that uh, the aesthetic of the old ballpark of Cannon Yards, mm-hmm. um, and again, I think that's always going to be the case with the warehouse back there. Um, but I do get somewhat concerned on that basis of, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is that it can be done tastefully or not. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, you know, okay, you're going to put a bar in left field. Does it look like it belongs there? Yeah. I think that the, you know, I, I, I love all this, these comments and stuff like that. I think the one thing that I was disappointed to hear is the most obvious one. Um, you know, what is one thing that Orioles fans have been talking about since Camden Yards opened up that they wish would happen? They've always said they want to see a ball hit the warehouse. So why don't we just go ahead and pick up the warehouse <laughs> and move it like 10 feet closer and just, you know, make it happen. I want to know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave that right there. You, just leave you, it there. You get every response you deserve. I want to know if the Hilton falls apart. Yeah. Uh, pipes and all. Yeah. If that space can be used in a way to augment the stadium experience. I, th- I think about like the... Uh, the the bleacher seats and and Wrigley or the you know the the roof seats sure um I, I guess my standpoint for that comes back to um that's not part of the six hundred million dollar deal um because the six hundred million dollars has to be used on the stadium on the property um so is it possible maybe the Maryland Stadium Authority goes out and buys that maybe is it possible that an own, the ownership group of Angelos or even maybe a future owner goes out and buys that and turns it into the battery that we've discussed so many times with the Braves organization? Possible. Um, I think we've seen specifically um, as it relates to Harbor Place and everything like that, um, that we'll call it uh, real estate modifications in the city of Baltimore are going to take a significant amount of time. So let's not get our hopes up about that anytime soon. Last thing I'll say about these stadiums, then we about these changes, then we can move on. Uh, if they do not make the bar and lounge in the left field ste- uh, seats the Broma Seltzer Lounge, mm. they have failed. I I, I hear you, and I I, I I like that callback is the best way to describe it. Um, but I, I think we're just missing the obvious one, which is you you put a bar in left field and you call it the splash zone. Oh yeah, of course. I mean that's the easy one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you win this round. Yeah, you win this round. Yeah, let's let's not overthink this. Is the best way to put it. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's go into the place that we don't like to talk about or mention its name, um, and and let's talk about some of 2024 rule changes that came out today through the MLB um, committee or co- competition committee. Um, rule changes are coming, uh, and this is, comes from the Athletic. Um, we are moving from 20 second pitch clocks to 18 second pitch clocks with runner on bases. Um, we are moving to one fewer mound visit. We are moving to a wider run lane between home and first base. So now you're able to run, um, between the infield grass, um, and the chalk line. So to the left of it, which was never allowed before in the past. Uh, and the other standpoint is if you are in the game and you warm up, you must face at least one batter. So there can't be this standpoint where, in essence, your starting pitcher comes in, warms up in order to give your relief pitcher another, you know, minute or so to get ready, and then immediately saying, okay, we're going to pull you out. You have to face at least one batter on that basis, which, again, Brandon Hyde never had an issue with. He was always doing that all last year. He's just like, I'm going to let him see one more batter, and then I'm going to bring my relief arm in. Um, so this should fit well into the Brandon Hyde strategy of using bullpen arms. So I don't have a problem with this one. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I love 
I love the running lane change. Yeah, that's, the, that's the running lane, the running lane standpoint makes so much sense. And I know coming back to like Buck has mentioned this before. He's like, it makes no sense. Like, he's like, why shouldn't you be able to go yeah. slightly to the left and slightly right? Like if you run down the pathway that exists, you know, prior to 2024, um, you can't touch the base right. is the best way to put it. So this makes a ton of sense to me. The the rest of it, uh, I'm a little now again, you know me and change, mm-hmm. right? So I'm trying to keep an open mind because again, the the changes didn't really bother me yep. as much as I thought they would. Um, Are but you really going to be a two second man here? I am, but I, I feel like we, we we should hang the mission accomplished banner uh, mm. over the the aircraft carrier. Yep, the games were short. Yeah. The games were great. So you want to take basically what we had last year and just say, let's not mess with it. Let's get a larger sample size and then come back to it. Yeah, and I know that it's, you know, 30 or 15, 162 game uh, samples. So it's not nothing. Sure. But like the 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 reliever uh, yep. piece that we we're talking about yep. can lead to up to three minutes of dead time. Sure. Okay, cool. Two seconds when runners are on base. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that we're into meaningful territory. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to make a, a huge difference. It, may, it might make another, you know, five minutes at most is the best way to describe it. I do think we're kind of nitpicking a little bit here. Um, but the reality of the situation is this, you know, you know, the average last year in terms of when pitchers were delivering balls was 13 seconds. Yeah. 18 seconds, I still think is, you know, a well within that reason. I'm not going to lose my mind about this one. I, I think the biggest thing, you know, coming out of today's announcements is um, the runner's lane is finally being uh, addressed and everything else is just superfluous stuff. Was, yeah, it's superfluous. The players voted against it and they, they can't stop it, but they, can't they, stop they it. made a statement. Yeah, they can't stop it because, in essence, the competition committee has a majority from MLB and a minority with MLB Players Association. So it looks like the Players Association pretty much soundly rejected everything. Um, and MLB basically just said, that's nice, but we're going to go ahead and push this through. I, I get it from the Players Association. I think they're probably coming back to your point, which is like, hey, we saw some really big gains last year. Like, let's not continue to tweak with it. Let's, you know, just see how it goes. Me personally, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And again, it's Coming back to this whole thing like we talked about last year with the pitch clock, um, minor league baseball adopted an 18-second pitch clock last year uh, for runners on base. So, again, this is just more transferring, you know, what has been occurring at the minor leagues into the majors um, as players further progress into major league baseball. So, I I think this is white noise. All right. Fair enough. Well, let's leave it there. Let's leave the socials. Let's let's move over to our, our holiday special. What? We're it's, kind of, it's time for the big holiday special. Is this like a bevy? We no, we brought Ewoks and everything. It's gonna be great. Let's let's uh, throw on some appropriate holiday music. Let's uh, let's get ready. I want to talk about what's on our list this year. Well, it's that time of year again. As we look forward to the holiday season, there's a lot to be merry about when it comes to the Baltimore Orioles. This team won 101 games and made the playoffs for the first time in seven years. 
And in a year where a lot of Baltimore sports, sports journalism seems to be focused on the Orioles' lease, uh, we here at Bird's Eye View have focused on another document. Yeah, that's right. We have gotten exclusive early access to Santa's list. And before the big man notices, uh, we thought that we'd share with you who has been deemed naughty, who has been deemed nice this year, and what gift Santa has planned to deliver to some notable members of Birdland. And so, with Scott in his O's jersey and me in my cap, let's settle down for a review of Santa's list, Birdland edition. All right, so let's go back and forth, nice versus naughty a little bit. Um, and let's start with our nice list, because again, who wants to start with Cole? Cole is you know, never a fun one. Um, but go ahead and let's kick it off, Jake, with, with our nice list. The first, the first notable name on this list, as far as nice is concerned, is Kyle Gibson. Oh, former oil now. Kyle Gibson could not have been a greater part of Birdland in 2023. He just... He really led the staff. He led the clubhouse. He was a nice guy, incredible on and off the field. And one of the enduring memories of Kyle Gibson is being greeted by the media in the clubhouse and having to explain that, no, 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 it's not a dong bomb. It's a Homer hose. Mm. And so right here in black and white, in the most beautiful uh, calligraphy of cursive I have ever seen, it says Kyle Gibson won dong bong. So he's getting a dong bong for Christmas. He has been let free now that he is no longer an Oriole. He can call it the dong bong. Yeah. You think that's going to be acceptable in St. Louis? Uh, no, it's going to stay here in Baltimore. Okay, gotcha. They're going to have to come up with a new thing. In new St. thing Louis. in St. Louis? Yeah. Okay. And, you know... He can call it whatever he wants over there. Birds of a feather flock together. Uh, let's go ahead and, and, and scroll the naughty list. And uh, yeah, not surprising, but uh, John Angelos again um, at the top of the list. Um, and uh, apparently he's getting the 30-year lease, um, but he's getting the 30-year lease with a little bit of coal as well on that basis too. So congratulations, John, for finally getting your 30-year lease. Um, but yeah, it's certainly, you have not, um, enfranchised yourself to, uh, any individual in Baltimore now or going forward, uh, and your legacy is forever tarnished. Ah, the holidays. Yes. All right. Let's head back over, uh, to the nice side of the ledger. Uh, here is, uh, Gunnar Henderson. Very nice. Mm. AL rookie of the year. Just a nice young dude. Right? Very respectful in interviews. He seems like a just a, a solid bro. And uh, it says here, in addition to being nice, he will be receiving a gift. He will be receiving an insert for his helmet so that it fits properly when he runs the bases. Hmm. And he won't lose his helmet. It's the gift of practicality. I kind of miss the hair. Well... You know, we all have to make sacrifices, Scott. Yeah. All right. The next one on the naughty list, it looks like we've got, um, it looks like we've got the Texas Rangers here. Ooh, too uh, soon. Too soon. Too soon. Hurts. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, congratulations to them on, on a great season. Um, but again, they get on the naughty list for, for Santa because they knocked out the Orioles. Um, but it looks like they're going to get a broom for Christmas. Um, so uh, best of luck on that, cleaning up, sweeping people out. Um, and uh, enjoy celebrating 2023, Texas Rangers. I see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did there. Uh, back to the nice list. One of the nicest Orioles you will meet is Tyler Wells. Uh -huh. Tyler Wells uh, had a great season. After having a breakout performance the year before, 
was a starter, couldn't quite stay there, but great guy. Yeah. He was just, he was nice. And so this year, Santa has, uh, he's really pulled out all the stops. He is giving Tyler Wells the keys to the bullpen cards. Oh, nice. He's going to be back there in the bullpen this year. And so Santa wants him to ride in style. That tells me that the Orioles are sending a starting pitcher if Tyler Wells is going to be in the bullpen. So we'll see if that's true or not. Uh, This next one, uh, I actually was a little confused about this one. Um, It's got Brandon Hyde on here, um, and it's got silk briefs. So I was confused about this. I'm like, why is Brandon Hyde number one on the naughty list, and why is he getting silk briefs? Not only am I confused, but I'm terrified. Yeah. So again, you know, this is something that we didn't cover um, in this week uh, on the socials. Um, But lo and behold, uh, Tommy Hunter um, retired as of recently. Um, So I reached out to seductive Tommy Hunter and asked him the question, what's the deal with silk briefers? Why is it such a big deal? And he said, well, actually... That was something that we used all the time back in the day uh, to prevent ourselves from getting chafed from dry humping. Um, so Brandon Hyde is being gifted so briefs to basically prevent dry humping of the pitchers going forward in the bullpen. That was a really long walk, and I appreciate <laughs> every bit of the journey. All right. Uh, next on the naughty list, um, we got Grace Rodriguez and Dean Kramer, which is interesting because, again, overall, I thought they were pretty nice this year. Um, but it looks like what they're going to be getting is a clean slate going forward. You know, that end of the year was pretty rough. I mean, you look at that playoff series versus the Rangers, and it was brutal for both Rodriguez and Kramer. We're just going to go ahead and clean that slate off, and we're going to, in essence, start 2024 all over again and, uh, you know, keep it fresh is the best way to put it. All right, back over here on the nice list. Um, well, this one, this one has been written in erased, written in, erased again, the page is torn, and so underneath the line where it was originally written is the name Craig Kimbrell. Hmm. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know enough about him, you know, in his pre-Oriel days. Maybe maybe Santa was a little bit on the fence, but he seems to have made it solidly into the nice list, and his gift, I think, is incredibly thoughtful, and again, incredibly practical. Uh, Craig Kimball is is being uh, gifted a posture-correcting brace That's for his good. time on the mound. That's an excellent standpoint. You know, ergonomics um, in the workplace is a key injury. So I'm glad that Santa is thinking about posture and proper ergonomics so that he doesn't get further injured. You know, I watch him and I worry, Scott. I worry about him. I, I really think this is the, the key to him living a long and, and fruitful post baseball life. If I, if I could just stay on sure. the on the nice list for a second, I'm really excited about this one because we don't talk about some of our Orioles often enough. But Santa knows when they're sleeping. He knows when they're awake. He doesn't miss them. All right, this he's one, an omnipotent being. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like like Jesus Christ, <laughs> Joey Ortiz uh, is getting a gift this year. That's good, and it is an insulated thermos mug for his cup of coffee in the majors. Oh, but hopefully he uh, gets to go somewhere else, um, maybe Chicago, where it's a little bit colder, where he might need that insulated mug. Um, Maybe Milwaukee um, would be a good place for him to go again for an insulated mug uh, standpoint just to keep him warm. So maybe, you know, yes, cup of coffee in the majors, but hopefully that's a really large Stanley thermos cup um, that he can use um, maybe in another town. Mm, And a larger cup of coffee. A larger cup of coffee, exactly. With free refills. Um, 
how about we do one more good? Um, because like I said, there's so many good goods of this year. Again, I know it ended poorly with that broom and the sweep with the Texas Rangers, but there's a ton of goods as well. Um, give me another one, Jake. All right. So this one I, I really feel strongly about. This is Ryan Mountcastle. Again, great Oriole, super good dude. Um, and the gift, thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I mean, Santa really, he really went the extra mile. What does this man want and need? And so Ryan Mountcastle will be being gifted mountaineering boots, crampons, a climbing helmet, and an ice axe, all so that he has the ability to get over that left field wall. This next one is kind of confusing. Um, I was going through the list and looking at all the names. I couldn't quite figure this out. But it's got Adley Rutschman, and then my wife is right there too. And apparently it just has hugs, hugs, and more hugs. So apparently... Adley and my wife are going to hug it out. And maybe that pushes her over the edge to finally like hugs for the first time. For all of you trying to fill in the the reference there, Adley, team hug. Team hug. Carrie Magnus. Team anti-hug. Very not. Very much <laughs> not team hug. <laughs> and, and the last one that I know of on the naughty list, yeah. Scotty, is Cole Irvin. Things didn't exactly go. And look, it's written C-O-A-L. Yeah, I, that's really harsh from Santa. Santa, come on, yeah, yeah. come on, inappropriate, yeah. inappropriate. Uh, but you know, he was not everything that he wanted to be, or that we wanted him to be. And so Santa has uh, gifted him, uh, wrapped it all up nice. He's got it in the sleigh, all set to go. A neck pillow for those flights to and from Norfolk. Yeah, like I said, best of luck to him. Again, um, he certainly delivered a chunk of coal this year, uh, specifically for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, but yeah, he was on the naughty list, you know, just rounding up some of our good list standpoint, we have TJ McFarlane getting a DeLorean in hopes that he can construct a time machine and return back to a previous form. We've got Tyler Wells and Bruce Zimmerman getting a Jenga set. What any clue why they're getting a Jenga set? Have you seen the Orioles production? Oh yes. Their social media standpoint. Yes. Those two played possibly the most epic game of Jenga in history. Yeah. And uh, those those dudes seem competitive enough that they they may use this this set. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, and I think that kind of rounds us up for kind of our nice and naughty list this year uh, for for the Birdland Edition standpoint. So we will promptly return Santa's list back to him before you know he needs to you know deliver all the the toys and the gifts to all the good girls and boys out there. Um, but yeah, let us know what we missed on that aspect of who was nice. Who is naughty uh, and what gifts they should be getting in Birdland on that basis. Um, and with that, you know, it's time to get further into the Christmas holiday. Uh, and what better way could we do that than through musical interlude? You know, if there's one thing our listeners tell us to do all the time, it's it's just we're told, please stop recording podcasts because, you know, you're long in the tooth. We don't need to hear it anymore. You guys aren't funny, yada, yada, yada. Um, but if there's a second thing that our listeners tell us to do, they say, you don't try to sell us enough stuff. And they're right. We spend entirely too much time on what we adorably refer to as our content. 
and, you know, not enough effort trying to pry into the listeners' wallets. And so in this most holy time of consumer spending, we're going to devote this next segment to an infomercial. And we're calling that Now That's What Bev Calls Christmas. That's right. We've partnered with the Hallmark Channel and with Time Life Productions to curate, especially for you, dear listener, Orioles Flavored holiday classics amassed over a 17-disc CD box set. This indispensable collection acknowledges that, uh, much like our great game of baseball, Christmas music can be the glue that bonds generations and is uniquely connected to family traditions. Scotty, we have a tradition in my family in which my wife tries to listen to Christmas music earlier and earlier every year, and I try to hold the line like a 1978 Toto song. So you guys are at Flag Day at this point, right? Yeah, eventually she will be doing that. But, uh, you know, whenever the music does start, uh, you know that uh, your family will love reliving the Orioles baseball season as they look forward to Christmas. And with such great songs, with Birdland flavor, such as Babes in Birdland, everybody's waiting on the man with the bat. And so many others. But, Scott, I don't think it's enough for us to just tell the listeners about these songs. No, I think they need to experience a little taste of what they can expect with Now That's What Bev Calls Christmas. Christmas music can remind us to focus on the the many blessings in our lives. And for Orioles fans, those blessings are much more recent than they might have been back in 2021. What better way to remind ourselves of the fruitful December that we've had than with this holiday classic. The Nashville rumors spread pa-rumpa-pum-pum a traumatized fan base helped pa pum pum The greed of billionaires pa-rumpa-pum-pum, rumpa-pum-pum, rumpa-pum-pum. Tides running out pa-rumpa-pum-pum. Can it be? Development rights is up perhaps fifteen. Those fans wanted public funds They wanted more income We'll stay in one place Have a lease Have a lease again Lease at last Sports are done Touching, 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 touching a message of hope if there ever was one. And certainly we need that in this world, and especially in Baltimore. The holidays, though, can be contentious and difficult as awkward conversations are made and, you know, conflict is had. Let's listen in one of those awkward conversations from this past fall in Birdland. In a suite north of Old Annapolis sat Governor Moore on Clinchmas Eve. In the months ahead, he knows the bird stores will close. This resurgent young cub could pack up and leave. 
But a Nepo baby came out of nowhere And he sat right down by Governor Moore Whole place stopped dead As the narcissist said Dear Governor, I appreciate you listening to me And he said Oh, I want a ground lease for Christmas Only a ground lease will do Oh, I want a ground lease for Christmas My ground lease wish will come true It's like I was right there in the room, Scott, and our listeners can be as well. But you know, if we're going to look back on the good times, we need to look no further than back to September 28, 2023, when the Orioles clinched the AL East with the enduring anthem that is this. So this is clinchless The season's not done We took our division October will be fun And so happy clinchmas We held off the race the next step is planning and O's pennant race. Have a very merry clinchmas. It's been quite a year. Come out to the ballpark. Have a hot dog and Dark ages over. Trust the process. Dark ages over. You know, not all the times have been good, though. Not all of them. And some of our holiday classics acknowledge that. And know that even in the best of times, we need to ask for help. God fix the arm of Bautista and please do not delay. Remember he's our closer, the rest make us dismay. To save the game when we're ahead or else we have to pray. Tommy John causes UCLs destroyed, tenants destroyed. Tommy John for his UCLs destroyed. God fix the arm of Bautista, push everybody back. In the ninth Cano and then Perez gives us a heart attack. We saw him throw but then shut down, we hope he's still on track. Tommy John cause his UCL's destroyed, tennis destroyed. Tommy John for his UCL's destroyed. When the games are tense We miss your sheer dominance 
Games were leading, leads were bleeding. Come back and be a star. was a tough, tough loss um, from the arm of Batista. Um, you know, fortunately, we didn't see any of that ramification maybe in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, sometimes, you know, you just wish things were a little bit differently. Um, and sometimes you just need divine intervention. And, and what's a better time of the year uh, to be asking for divine intervention uh, than, than this season? So, um, you know, in the theme of divine intervention, there is also potentially the intervention of mythical beings potentially to solve your problems. And and no, I'm not talking about Gunnar Henderson or Adley Rutschman. Um, but let's get into that ne- next song specifically where we have intervention of mythical beings um, with our next holiday favorite. Jumpy got run over by a reindeer Leaving from the warehouse Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for us in Birdland, we believe He'd been holding Birdland hostage And we begged him just to sign But just like he deals with free agents Thought the status quo would be just fine We thought there'd be another lawsuit Just like with Masson before But for a team that's finally winning Santa knew we couldn't take any more John T. got run over by a reindeer Leaving from the warehouse Christmas Eve you can say there's no such thing Ah, yes. Santa. Another holiday favorite. As but as we reflect on the things that we love about the holiday season and love about the Baltimore Orioles, I think it 
it behooves us to think of maybe a few of our favorite things. Dong bong summer hoses and Mateo hitting. Bright orange jerseys on Saturday befitting. Mr. Splash cheering in his water wings. These are my favorite Orioles things. Grayson's red gas can stare down from Kano. Gunner's base running that shows off his flow. Japanese lessons in bullpen settings. These are my favorite Orioles things. Adley giving hugs, John means in his business. Taters from Tony, Cedric cycle reminiscence. Translators broing out, tugs my heartstrings. These are my favorite Orioles things. Lake West Coast games, close pitching duels. Kevin sings, blink songs. And when I remember these Orioles things, the off season's not so long. That's right. It's the sounds of Christmas meets Orioles baseball. That is the magic of now that's what Bev calls Christmas. And Scott, this can be available to our listeners for the low, low price of all the money in their pocket. We'll just take mass and money. We'll take the lease money. We'll take whatever you got. Um, 600 million and then some. And listen, if you're finding you need a place to f- play your CDs, we've got plenty of Walkmans we can loan you, is the best way to put it. But look, we're taking this note from dear listener. We need to do a better job of selling you things. And so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll run an ad for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to purchase a buoy that can keep any hopeless season afloat. It's called Orange Kool-Aid, and it is fantastic. More after the break. All right, we're back. We're here to blow the safe. Uh, so, Jake, um, we're in the holiday season, just like we were talking about before. And I wanted to ask you, what's the best Orioles theme gift you've ever received? Well, I've I've received quite a few tremendous Orioles-related gifts. Um, of course, there was the gift of season tickets mm-hmm. uh, that my wife gave me uh, what, back in twenty and continues to give you and and does and does without complaint. allow you. Yes. <laughs> Uh, she also, uh, surprised me with a trip to spring training for, was mm. that 30? Yes. Yikes. That's a long time ago. It was, that's a lot longer than I'd like. Um, but those weren't Christmas gifts. I'll tell you what, my, uh, my middleest brother, um, got me a, um, a really nice, you know, plaque with, um, some signed, uh, Frank Robinson, uh, you know, stuff, pictures and, and, um, that, that was very thoughtful. I think that might be the, the nicest, uh, Orioles Christmas present I've ever received. Yeah, I mean, I think the Christmas season for Orioles gear is always a weird one because, in essence, the Orioles are not known from a free agency standpoint to go out there and get that. Um, so as we discussed with the Otani signing, um, you know, Otani is the number one jersey being purchased right now for the holidays. Everyone is, in essence, buying it. That's great, but we don't get to experience that in Birdland. So it's more... 
I would call it momentums of the past is the best way to describe it that is typical for me. So you'll get, you know, autograph balls or pictures and stuff like that. Uh, but one that I still have to this day that I kind of look at and, and reminisce on, on on occasion is I do have a brick from Memorial Stadium. Um, I think we've looked at this before in the podcast studio. I think that's a cool little ambiance um, standpoint to kind of think back about the storied history of the Baltimore Orioles and everything like that. Um, so that's probably the best theme gift um, that I've ever received at the Christmas time period. That is cool. Yeah. That is cool. Feel free, uh, dear listener, to share with us uh, some of your favorite Orioles uh, gifts from Christmas past. And uh, yeah, let us know. With that, that's our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback and encourage others um, to kind of listen to us and, uh, and rate it and all that fun stuff. So thanks for doing that. Come and get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us all over on social media. We're on Blue Sky. We're on Threads. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat account. We're on the Ticks and the Talks. And for the time being, you can find us on a site that used to be called Twitter, where we do something that used to be called tweeting at birdseyeviewbal. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, merriest of Christmases, happiest of holidays. And I bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Hey, good night, Baltimore. Um, Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy the family. Try not to strangle anybody. um, And let's go O's. Hopefully they do something in the new year. Hopefully. The team, not the family stranglers? Both. I'll take both. I'll take both. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.